Ooh, what's up, Internet? My name's David Webb. I'm Arielle Edwards. We get nerdy nightly. And we thought we'd share it with you. But just you. That's that. See, that was funny because we, we post this everywhere and anyone can watch it. There's no. It was really funny, babe. I'm I'm funny. <laughs> I'm a comedian. Um, <laughs> what's up, Internet? Welcome back to another edition of the Nightly Morning Show. It's a Friday edition. It's a Friday. Oh, I have a hair on my face. Friday, November 20th, 20th. Yep. 2020. Yep, we've been married two months. We have been married two months. It is our two-month anniversary, mm -hmm. which um, there are probably people who celebrate that. I have a bruise on my knee. Hey, my bad. <laughs> Um, there's fine. a lot of people who celebrate that. Are we doing anything to celebrate it? I mean, we watched Mandalorian this morning. We did watch Mandalorian. I feel like let's just celebrate Dagon's birthday. Um, our yeah. wonderful mod, um, <laughs> the Broken Pirates. Uh, if, uh, if someone, if there's a mod, Rebel, uh, another mod can shout him out in the chat. Um, our wonderful mod Dagon from the Broken Pirates, who has really done an incredible job, um, helping foster our chat. Uh, and, uh, we're just so grateful to him. Mm -hmm. Um, and really, you know, was a mod for the wedding stream. Yes. Uh, as was Rebel and, and many others. But uh, mm -hmm. we just want to give a huge shout out. The chatbot is not on, like always. It must be. It must be the nightly morning show. Guys, this is what happens when we wake up like 20 minutes earlier to watch The Mandalorian. <laughs> we wake up 20 minutes earlier to watch a 40-minute television show. It, that, so yeah. somehow we still lose time. Yep, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's <laughs> very true. Very true. Um... <laughs> All right, the bot should be working in three minutes. In three seconds. Okay. Um. So yeah, we just want to. We're going to spend our anniversary celebrating our good friend uh, and mod, uh, because mods, mods, you know, mods are a weird thing on Twitch. Can we get into that for a second? Yeah, we can. The the mod streamer relationship is is like a really interesting thing mm -hmm. because wh when I first started streaming, I really was like, I don't need it, like. If trolls come in and try and troll me, I'm going to be fine, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I yeah. don't really care. Um, and then it wasn't until, like, the first time that I did have, like, a troll incident that because of the game I was in, I couldn't, like, handle very well. Yeah, yeah, Um, And thankfully, um, there were people in my chat who had, like, been like, no, no, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll mod, just, you, you need one. And I was like, oh, fine, like, whatever, it's never gonna, I'm never gonna need you, but fine. Um... It wasn't until that first incident, uh, and then, the, you know, people stepped in and took care of it and cleaned up my chat, and I was like, oh, like, this is, like, really important. Yeah. Like, um, but it is, it's a very, it's a weird kind of relationship to have with people on Twitch mm -hmm. who are, like, you know, not employees, but are, like, working for the betterment of your product. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's something that, you know, we, like... That we really appreciate. Like, honestly, yeah, as Orange says, mod, mods are the real MVPs. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, they they can they can take that... Um, they can take a load off of the streamers so mm -hmm. that they can focus on either the game or chat more as opposed to, you know, um, working with the chatbot or cleaning up, like, if there's any, like, trolls or whatever. And so, like, mm -hmm. mods, you're fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Well, and I just, like, the, the number of times I've been in a position where I'm like... I, I can't I can't do that right now and one of my mods is like no no it's already done and I'm like you guys are you guys are so you're so good yeah you're so good yeah and honestly if I'm in a chat and there's and it's like a little sketchy and I'm not seeing any mods in the chat I tend to get out because like I'm not about you know what I mean like I don't want to yeah. get into that I don't I don't want to deal with it um mm -hmm. And, you know, I, we are trying to foster a really, like, non-toxic um, community here on Twitch. Totally. Um, and, you know, we're trying to do that in a, in a kind way. You mm -hmm. know, we've definitely had some, like, toxic behavior in our chat that we've handled off stream in order to try and, like, you know, save everyone's feelings. For sure. Um, and I think that, like, the, the people who are here all the time, like, our, the regulars in our chat are really just, we have the most wonderful community of kind, supportive, welcoming humans. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, I think that a lot of that comes down to who you choose to give mod status to. Um, and, like, you know, if you look at my chat, like, Muddles, Rebel Trooper, and the Broken Pirates are, uh, and Scanny. Well, Scanny doesn't count as much, because <laughs> Scanny is um, most of the toxicity in my chat. Um, <laughs> but the first three, you know, they're all... 
really, really kind, um, warm humans, and I'm, I, I'm just grateful to them. Hey, Scanny is so wholesome. I know, I know. <laughs> and Scanny knows I love him. Scanny also knows that I wouldn't make that joke if I didn't love him. Yeah, yeah. No, um, he knows. He knows. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, to all the mods on Twitch, uh, to everyone who uh, gives your time to help a streamer with their stream, I just want to say a huge thank you. Yeah. Um, what you do, uh, I think sometimes goes unnoticed, and, and we probably don't thank you enough. Mm -hmm. But um, but we are we are very grateful, and it, it, yeah. I, and I know I'm not just speaking for us, and I'm speaking for streamers across this platform and any totally. other. Um, you, you you do something really cool, and uh, we're we're very grateful uh, to the work that you do. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that you don't guys. consider it work. I hope that you think it's fun. <laughs> I know yeah. Rebel Trooper in particular in my chat loves to drop the ban hammer. Oh yeah, Rebel Trooper, it. I love it. Rebel Trooper loves that ban hammer. Love that, love that. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Orange, if you say Scanny's name in a mirror and then spin around three times so that we're behind you and give ten subs, it's because he's mad That's lad very Scanny. Funny. That's very funny, and also something that only makes sense if you're a Twitcher for our yeah. YouTube and pod podcast listeners. Um, yeah, we're just we're just throwing our community some love at the beginning of the show today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we did wake up early this morning though to watch The Mandalorian. Thank you, Shin. For the Empire, Shin. Cheers. Yep, we. Uh, yep. No we... spoilers. We are not going to spoil, but um, no. we're at the halfway point in the season. Yes. Um, how are you feeling so far? Um. Uh. Good. Good. I like. I there hasn't been. I don't know. There hasn't really been, like, a weak spot, really, so far. Like, mm -hmm. the, the thing that I'm really enjoying about Mandalorian is it's that... It's, it's like, a tight-knit, cohesive storyline. Mm -hmm. um, I've said this before, for sure. Also, hi, Scary. I'm, I'm glad that you're able to be here, for real. Um, I, I've said it before on the show that um, having this kind of medium where you can make the episodes as long as they need to be and mm -hmm. you don't need to add filler... Um, is is I think it makes as long as you have people who know what they're doing for sure it makes for um better content mm -hmm. because there's not there's not extra filler there's not stuff that they have to throw in there that like doesn't really make sense to like distract you you know it's it's as long as it needs to be to tell the story that it's trying to tell um and I think Mandalorian does that really well mm -hmm. um I I think that the 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 season so far has been a really interesting has has a lot of really interesting similarities to season one. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at the the plots of the episodes of season one versus the plots of the episodes of season two, each episode of season two mirrors the plot of the episode in season one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and this one's no different. Yeah. Uh, so the, there there definitely is there there's definitely like the the there poetry it rhymes you know that famous George Lucas quote uh, it, this is living up to that within the Star Wars world in a way yeah. that I, I think is really interesting. And I'm having fun with. Um, mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying the way that they are playing around with um, the child this season. Baby yeah. Yodes, as most people call him. Baby Yodes. Baby Yodes. Um, our little child, <laughs> right here. Uh, he is... I, I think in the first season, they, they knew that they had something really cute. And they were trying to figure out what to do with that. Yeah. And now they're playing around with the idea that this is a child mm -hmm. who has immense power mm -hmm. and also, like, no real, like, moral conviction yet. Yeah. He doesn't understand enough yet to be morally, um, to, to, to make good decisions all the time. Yeah, He's yeah. He's kind of an agent of chaos. Yes. Not not in chaotic neutral. Not in an intentional way. Just in a like he just kind of does what he does. He's hungry. He eats. You know. Yeah. And it is interesting to have a character like that also in many ways be the strongest character on the show. Yeah. Because everyone else kind of has to just figure it out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, Hundred percent. And also the fact that the Mandalorian, um, Din Djarin. Uh, puts the baby first above everything else mm -hmm. is it makes it like difficult for other characters in the show to interact with you know because yeah. there's there's two immovable or two unstoppable forces the Mandalorian and the baby mm -hmm. and they are going to work together and they're going to put each other first over everyone else and it is really just it's it's an interesting dynamic to have in a television show yeah yeah and I think that like I think they do a good job of um making that point without making it the focal point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, 
he's like he's 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 a little like sneaky sometimes you know he's a little devious and like a little you know like we said we're, we're not trying gonna, not to spoil it yeah we're not um, we're not doing any spoilers but if you like have that. seen it go online there's there's some controversy around the child this season yep yeah there is um but uh, he's just so darn cute <laughs> he's so darn cute and he's also a toddler like yeah like yeah he's, he's like, 50 what but... like two years old human years yeah like if you the, the show is I, I honestly believe the show is really having fun with a lot of the creators are dads john favreau is a dad um i'm pretty sure dave filoni is also a dad um and i think that they're having fun with the fact that they're like this is what it was like to be a dad to a toddler yeah you know what i mean they have that experience and that's really coming across on the show to me it's yeah. like you know, everyone jokes around about how difficult a toddler is. Yeah. You know, my sister's, you know, my or my, my older sister told me all about it. Yeah. Um, and it's like having this, like, thing in the house that goes off. And you never know when, when it goes off. You never know what's, what's going to happen, but something's going to happen. And I think that what this show has done really well is making, like, having a toddler scarier by giving it the force. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's truly one of those things where it's like it's not just like a temper tantrum anymore. Yeah, it could potentially be something a, a lot more dangerous. Well, and we saw that at the end of season one, right? Um, we saw that like the I don't mind saying spoilers for season one. I think yeah, that's season okay. one has been out um, for a at while. the end of season one. The baby, um, the child, force chokes Cara Dune. Uh, because she's arm wrestling with um, the Mandalorian, mm -hmm. and he doesn't understand that they're not fighting. He thinks yeah. that you know he thinks that Cardin's trying to hurt his father figure, um, his guardian. <laughs> yeah, and it's an interesting moment, right? Because what happens is the Mandalorian immediately realizes that the cycle of violence that he's showing to the child is impacting the child and making the child more violent. Yeah, and now in season two we're kind of seeing the Mandalorian trying to unlearn that from the child mm -hmm. uh, in a smart way, but also kind of just dealing with the consequences of the fact that that is happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it like, and that's like a, a tough thing to deal with, especially like Baby Yoda can't really communicate, like can't talk. No, certainly not. Like Which there's a great a joke about bit. that in this show. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, he, he, like you, like, <laughs> you know, the Mandalorian is trying to explain stuff to him mm -hmm. and you have no idea what he's picking up or what he's not picking up. Cause he can't, he's not, he's not able to speak yeah. back to you. Yeah. Um, well, and Dark Dispatch does bring up in the chat that people want Cara Dune off the show. Uh, Cara Dune is played by Gina Carana. Mm -hmm. She is a former, um, UFC fighter. And she has been tweeting some things, um, some anti-mask stuff. She recently joined Parlor, <laughs> and uh, she's also tweeted in the past some transphobic stuff. Uh, not yeah. not to the same degree of transphobia that like uh, J.K. Rowling has been. Yeah. Um, but definitely definitely some stuff that like rides the line in a way that uh, uh, has made people uncomfortable and upset, and people want her off the show. Yeah. I think. Uh, the, the, the tough thing with the Gina Carana situation is that the show was done. Like, the, sh yeah, yeah, season the show two was, was finished, finished. After a lot of this kind of was brought to light. And especially with what's going on with COVID and whatnot, it's not like they could have gone and reshot any of it. Like, no, the, the, no, no, the no, show no. was coming out. I think it will be interesting to see how Disney handles bringing her back for season three or not doing that. Yeah. Um,. But at this point, it's not really like they can cut her out of season two as they're airing it. No, no, no. Yeah, it, it doesn't work like that. It's kind of, yeah. it's done, and it, there's nothing they can really do about it in no. this moment. And so, it'll it'll be one of those things where we just have to kind of watch how they handle it moving forward. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um... But, you know, we, we don't have the full season yet. We don't know what her story arc is. She might not survive to season three. You never um, know. It, it, this is a, like, pretty um, sinister world. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting, right? It's interesting now. There's this thing now where if you come out against masks... Um, and, and obviously the transphobia came first, and the transphobia for a lot of people is the bigger issue. Mm -hmm. But there is a big push for her to lose her job because she is anti-mask, which I think is a is a Cheers, Nolan. interesting um, 
It's a it's a new thing. Like that's never been a thing before. Yeah, like you've never like you would never like fire like a flat earther because of like the science that they believe in, really. But I would I would is... freaking I would love it if someone who worked on a Star Wars movie was a flat earther. Like you're literally in a movie about being in outer space where the planets are round. Like that would be the funniest. Oh my god! That would be that the would funniest be thing in the world. So funny! Could you imagine having them on set and like just like maybe they make like little quips here and there, and you're like, how do you like how? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the Miller makes the point that I wanted to make is that the difference between that is like flat earthers don't really like hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're they're not they're not advocating for something that is potentially dangerous. Oh, 100%. And I'm not, look, I'm not saying, I, you know, I'm not saying that, like, what she's, I, I'm not saying I agree with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just saying that it is interesting that we're, <clears throat> you know, the pandemic has put us in this point where this one political topic is so divisive between yeah. two very large groups of people. Yeah. Um, and there are, you know, it's, it is it is as, um, it, the, the whole mask thing has become as buzzwordy a topic and issue between groups of people yeah. as anything yeah and i think um yeah obviously i fall down you know i wear my mask literally everywhere i go and i have no problem i've never complained about it i i you know i think the masks are obviously the right thing to be doing and as an entertainer who wants to be back on stage one day entertaining people please wear your dang masks because we need to get this virus under control yeah that would be great thank you I, I just, you know, I, I'm, I kind of come down on the side of wanting to examine why we think that people should lose their jobs because of it. Yeah. And, and, and whether or not that is a beneficial way to handle the situation. And here's the thing. I don't think it is. I don't think it is because you give, you give the other side more fuel for their fire to push back even harder about, you know, the leftist agenda and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you that's, know. Definitely, that, that's definitely an aspect of it, for sure. Right? Like, you, like, the more that you try and, like, segregate the, the people with those views, like, fire them, get rid of them, mm-hmm. the more people who share those same values are going to be emboldened to stand behind that person. And so I really don't know the way to handle that, the best way to handle that. I think it, counter, tough. the counter argument to that, though, is that she's on The Mandalorian. She's mm-hmm. on one of the biggest television shows. And so by keeping her in your show, right, you are giving credence to a point of view that is dangerous to society. Well, and I, like there, yeah. I think there are people saying if Disney allows her to make these points and then be in the, the biggest streaming television show right now, it's, they're going to be, and like Dark Dispatch says, there's, there, there are children who are going to watch a show and see Gina Carana and see her on the big show and think that because of that, she has clout and she has, you know, uh, that they should listen to her. Yeah. And then they'll go to her Twitter and they'll see that she's saying stuff that is just wrong, that is scientifically wrong, that is bad for society and mm-hmm. bad for the, the, the health of our nation. And it, it becomes Only somebody difficult... could fire Trump, you know. We did. <laughs> we did. Yeah. We did. I mean, we, but that's the thing. Like, we, he's he's been fired. It's just, it's really... He has his end date. It's yeah. January 20th, and he's, you know... Yeah, it's true. And here's the thing. Like, I, I completely agree with the points that you are making, but I also really don't know if that is the right thing to do. Because, yeah. like, you know, some kid is watching The Mandalorian, and their parents are maybe anti-max uh, anti-mask people and then they like the, and then that's the news that you know this person that maybe their kid really enjoys on TV is far now they have like um now they have an emotional in with the kid to to influence them in whatever direction the the parents see fit yeah and yeah. And, and it's just it's a it's a really complicated question i re- i don't know the best way to handle this. I think both, like, I think there's value on either side. And I... I... I, I uh, Miller, uh, Hero of Wind in the chat is saying, having an anti-vaxxer works at cash register may be harmless, but having one be a very popular actor gives them a podium to preach from. 
but and here's here's where I come down on this because of how complicated it is. Mm-hmm. We cannot fire people for different reasons depending on what their job is. Like we can't make it legal to fire someone for their political beliefs if they're an actor, but Versus... not legal if they're a cash register worker. And yeah. so the it, it really comes down to this is a very complicated issue. And this one that actors have had to face for a long time about a plethora of different things, you know. Well, yeah, look at look at the, the Hollywood blacklist when all of the, the Hollywood actors who are getting blacklisted because people thought they might be communists. Like, you know, there there's always yeah. been this double standard of, um, well, you're a role model. So you have you personally in your personal life have to live a cleaner better lifestyle than the rest of us or yeah. else we'll fire you yeah um and you know there, i was reading an article the other day um with i think it was i can't remember i think it was ethan hawk maybe i can't there, there there was an actor who was saying like hey if you're an actor get off twitter stop putting your personal beliefs out there mm-hmm. because people will people won't be able to see you in roles they'll see you as you and they, if they know too much about you, they will not like you. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're too public. And, like, you have to kind of... Everyone has to like you to be a big actor. If people on either side... Because, look, 70 million people voted for Trump, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just realistically, there's 70 million people who are on the right side of politics. and Or the, the, the right-leaning side of politics, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I personally don't think it's the right yeah. side of politics. But um, to the right of center... And there is a, um, there, there just is a question of, like, he, I, I kind of agree with him. Like, obviously, as an actor, and I have a morning show where I'm very vocal about my opinions. Hey, guys. That'll never happen to me. Um, this show might kill my career. But, um, <laughs> you know, I do think that we have to be careful about firing people over things. I think that well, everyone goes to firing first. Like, you should lose your job. And, you know... In the United States of America, if you lose your job, you lose your health insurance. Like, I think that it's weird that that's what we go to first. Yeah, like, a livelihood that you've built your entire life towards, losing it because maybe you're misinformed or you've been influenced by the wrong people. Like, that. that's a, that's a really tough thing for me. And yeah. the, the other thing is, should we fire all actors who are anti-vaxxers? There's that's that's a lot. Well, you but you know what I mean. Yeah. The, the, or, or 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 actors who are Scientologists. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of things that Yikes. people don't agree with. Yeah, and that, so it's it's hard and and here's the thing, anti-vaxxers also put other people's lives at risks. Not in the same capacity perhaps that the masks do and the masks are very topical right now, but then that's that rabbit hole that you start jumping down. Yeah. And so we have to be really careful about what we say about about how we handle these situations because mm-hmm. everything is going to be influenced. Like like the, I I don't have an answer to this. You know what I mean? Um, Mello asks, "What is the solution?" And the truth is, I don't know. And I, and maybe that's frustrating. Like I think that I think that's I frus- uh, a frustrating thing about the situation is that nobody knows. We're all doing the best that we can, and um, you know I I honestly I don't have any employees, so I don't have to worry about this. I only have to worry about my own leanings. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Disney's going to do about this because I do feel, uh, you know, th- there have been a lot of these situations lately. Sometimes actors have lost their jobs. Sometimes they haven't. Yeah. A lot of times when they haven't, the company just never talks about it and it just kind of goes away. Ezra Miller. <clears throat> well, yeah. Um, let's not open another can of worms. Um, and, you know, I just think that it is, it, it, this is going to be how it's going to be. And... Um, <laughs> We're going to find out how Disney handles it after season two is done. Here's the thing. Disney is not going to do anything about this until a month and a half from now after season two has finished airing on Disney+. Plus. Then they're going to start filming season three and we'll probably hear then if Gina Cron is coming back. Yeah. Um, And so we'll find out later and they're going to handle it later and we are going to um, just keep watching the show. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, because there's nothing they could have done about it for the current season. But, you Mm-mm. know, this is, like, no. this is, like, a tough conversation to have because I don't think that there is, like, there's definitely not, like, a clear right thing to do. Like I don't think there is. And, and you know, I, I wish that there was, but I don't think that there is. Yeah. 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 Um, should we move on to some happier news? Sure. Y'all, um, the next story I wanted to bring up, this is there, we don't have a, like a huge opinion about this next story. This is just some feel-good stuff that's also um, a sad story. It's, it's, it's a little bit of everything. 
Um, but uh, for those of you who uh, aren't aware, there was supposed to be a Halloween movie out this year mm -hmm. uh, called Halloween Kills. Um, oops, got to turn the sound off on my phone. Professional. <laughs> um, uh, Halloween Kills was supposed to come out in October, and it got pushed to next year. Mm -hmm. And that was very sad for one Halloween superfan uh, who uh, we're not going to name just because his name's online, but like, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's it's just part of life. But uh, this Halloween super fan wanted to see this movie more than anything, uh, but was unfortunately diagnosed with uh, esophageal cancer and knew that he was not going to make it to next year. Uh, in response to that, one of his closest friends reached out to the company to ask if they would host a screening of the movie for him. And so Jamie Lee Curtis made that happen. Mm -hmm. um, and so on September 13th of this year, he uh, he got to see the movie that he um, that he wanted to watch more than anything, and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who is an ordained minister, also um, uh, officiated his wedding to his girlfriend that night. They got married at uh, ten thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, and then um, on September thirteenth, uh, forty five minutes after his uh, wedding, and seen this movie that he wanted to see more than anything. Uh, he unfortunately did pass away, um, and he got to spend the last hour of his life married to the woman that he loved, um, and enjoying a movie that um, that meant a lot to him. And I uh, I don't have a take on that. You know what I mean? There's there's no hot take here. It's just uh, yeah. just like a like. <laughs> it's a beautiful story, and I think the reason it touches me so much is because I know that. You know, genre film, which is kind of what the Nerdy Nightly, the ba the, the, the foundation of the Nerdy Nightly is sort of built on, right? Um, and horror is definitely considered genre film. Um, the things that we love, the things that we nerd out about, they, they hold such an impossibly outsized influence on our lives. And for this person, the Halloween franchise was that. And to know, you know, that the motto, my personal motto is love what you love the way that you love it and to know that this uh this person got to do that as his final moments on earth um it really touched me and it it, it is i think a really it's a beautiful story um yeah 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 i can't you told me that story this morning and i was like oh god and i'm still just like i can't <laughs> yeah yeah, and honestly, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is, um, I just love her so much. I've always loved her so much. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. her, her work as uh, Laurie Strode in the original Halloween movies is incredible. Freaky Friday was, like, one of my favorite movies when I was, like, 12. Yeah, um, 100%. Her and Lindsay Lohan. Uh, and it's just, it's one of those stories that, like, you know, I love that she did this for them. Yeah. You know, I, I love, you know, I and obviously the end of the story is, is tragic. And, we you know, we lost this person too soon. Um, our hearts go out to his wife and his friends who um, lost him. Mm -hmm. um, but you know there is there there is that little bit of an upside, that tiny silver lining that his last moments on earth were spent uh, doing something he really loved. And um, uh, you know, I, I just want to send a huge a huge shout out to the company for making that happen and for yeah. being willing to show the film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think it was really kind, and you know, um, those like. Those acts of kindness, no matter how small or large, maybe this was a huge undertaking to get this movie to this person, whatever it is, mm -hmm. I can't imagine how much that meant. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so just a little bit of like a like Friday, like feel good, like sad, but like feel good. <laughs> well, and it's interesting, right? Because I think that a lot of times when you read stories like this, there is that like part of me that's like, I mean, it's kind of promotional for the thing. Because it's usually like two months before the movie comes out. Yeah. Um, this this feels so wholesome to me because the movie comes out in a year. Like, yeah. Th this isn't even going to be a story that people talk about when the movie's coming out. Just realistically. No, like, yeah, yeah. It'll um, be... We'll have kind of moved on um, in the news cycle. Mm -hmm. And so it really, it, it, it just feels like they did this just to do it. And yeah. that makes it all the more special to me. Yeah. Yeah, it makes yeah. me happy. And I honestly, you know, for his wife, I really hope that she's able to, um, you know, I, I hope that his memory is a blessing for her mm -hmm. and that this uh, that this story is a blessing. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, Halloween Kills comes out uh, October 2021. Ooh, um, so far. Clarus won't see it, but I will. Because no. uh, I actually really liked the last one. Um, Never seen any of them. Yeah, they, they just kind of rebooted, but it wasn't a reboot. Okay. Right. I'm not even going to try and explain the chronology of Halloween right now to you. Because sure. it's literally impossible. Is it worse than like the DCU? Yes. Oh. Because there's two, there's three reboots of Halloween following Halloween 2. Okay. Two of those reboots star Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode from Halloween 2. Okay. And are direct sequels to Halloween 2, but they ignore each other. But they both star Jamie Lee Curtis. One is Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, okay, There's also it. a full reboot of Halloween that was made by uh, Rob Zombie that is insane. And very fun, but insane. Yeah. Um, All right, yeah. cool, cool, um, cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there, that, that movie, as well as uh, Halloween Ends, which will be the third movie in this reboot that's also sequel. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm just gonna not... In uh, in Twitch news, uh, we have been talking about a lot of Twitch news lately here yep. on the show. Uh, Kevin Lin, the chief operating officer and one of the co-founders of Twitch, has left the company uh, in the last uh, couple of days here. And he is leaving in the middle of, uh, in my opinion, the most like difficult time, time for Twitch. Yeah. Um, so Kevin Lin has been the chief operating officer since, uh, since the beginning of the company. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, almost 13 years he's been with Twitch. And it is it is very interesting to me. He was actually he worked for Twitch when it was called Justin TV, Justin TV. Um, and so now we're at a point now wow. where I, I'm assuming that we'll find out who the new CEO the COO is going to be, who's going to replace him. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming that person is going to be walking into a office with a very very large inbox. Oof! Yeah, I would not want that job right now with everything going on with Twitch. Um. Yep. Maybe he just like got out. Maybe he's like, all right, this is the time for me to dip. I don't yeah. want to deal with that. Um, yep. Yeah, he says he's pursuing his next adventure. And here's the thing. He, he wants to advance technology. And I totally get that like being, there, there's probably not a lot left in like changing the game with Twitch. Now, like you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're trying to grow the company or, you know, you're doing that. He, he probably just wants to build something new. Yeah. In my opinion, it is just an odd time considering everything going on. It is an odd time to lose one of the heads of the company. Yeah, like, oh, hey guys that I built this up with for the last however many years, uh, good luck with that. Like, Yeah. Um, and I'm trying not to read into it as a red flag. Thank you, Kulknor. Yeah, I'm like, is everybody, like, bailing on Twitch right now? Should we get out now? I think that if other, pe if other, if other people at the top start to leave as well... We're going to move over to YouTube. We're going to move to YouTube. Um... And, you know, the thing that sucks is that th this might be a totally innocent thing. This might have nothing to do with it. But because of the news on Twitch lately, because of what's been going on on Twitch lately, there is a legitimate part of me that saw this and was like, oh, no, this is the next, this is the this next is, thing in the, yeah, the, the DMCA end problem. Um, and I don't want it to be. Like, I love, I love Twitch. We say this every time we talk about stuff like this. Uh, yeah. But it's just the timing of it. It's been a bad week for Twitch. Yeah. Um, the announcement that the affiliate program that we talked about on the show is going to be, you can pay to be an affiliate, like, that mm. got bad press. Streamers yeah. are upset about it. Yeah. It's a weird time for the COO of the company to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm done here. I'm going to go do something else. But uh, good luck, everybody. It's been yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm only, like, sweating a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hot today and I'm wearing a sweater. Um, so I am definitely sweating. But... Um, yeah, and it's also funny because, like, I've, yeah. I've never heard of Kevin Lin before this. Like, yeah. I didn't know who the CEO of Twitch was. Um, Perennial Games asks, can you still earn affiliate the normal way, though? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so, Or right? you can pay five bucks for it. Um, like. uh, can anyone buy it? I heard Monster Cat was, but they're just making it so anyone can buy it. So, Scary Daydream in the chat just asked that. And, uh, Scary, how it's going to work is, if you as a streamer sign up for Monster Cat Gold... The, uh, the service that gives you um, um, music. music, DMCA free music for your streams. If you sign up for that and you are not an affiliate, you, I'm actually not sure if you automatically become affiliate or if you can be an affiliate, but it gives you the option to pay to be an affiliate by signing up through the Monster Cat service. Yeah. Um, yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we had a big discussion about that yeah. yesterday. Was that yesterday? I think. I think it was two days ago. 
Oh, maybe it was two days yeah. ago. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's kind of really upsetting. It is a weird time to lose the COO of the company. Yeah. It yeah, just it is. is. It just is a t- it's a weird time. There's a lot going on on Twitch right now, and the chief operations officer just dipped on us. Yeah. It's like it's kind of like like dad didn't leave, but like one of your uncles who was always around left right when you're about to go on a vacation. <laughs> and you like it's like the uncle that like usually like fixes the motor when it breaks down. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're going to um it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's just our company. Everything's you know, fine. It's just it's just our way of life. So has anyone streamed on YouTube before? Yeah. So uh, what? How do you? How? Yeah. Can I use my sub badges on YouTube? Oh my god. Yeah. Do I need to get new sub badges? <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a it's a weird thing and it makes us very nervous. Uh, no, it's fine, you guys. It's fine. Nothing yeah. bad ever happens on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so, uh, the next thing I want to talk about, uh, mm-hmm. there is a new series of Pink Panther movies coming out. Um, did you watch the old Pink Panther movies? I think I've seen a part of one. They're funny. They're good movies. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a hybrid, uh, this is, I think, going to be more like the cartoon Pink Panther, because it's going to be an a-, a live action CGI hybrid uh, oh, sort okay. of like the Tom and Jerry trailer that we watched earlier this week. Gotcha. From the director of Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie that came out earlier this year. Okay, okay. So is there going to be like a preliminary like drawing release and everyone's going to be like, absolutely not, and then they'll fix it? <laughs> is, is that what's going to happen? Oh, the first trailer uh, comes out and everyone hates how it looks. Is the, Are the fans <laughs> going to edit it? Um, so what's really interesting about this is Sonic, as you just brought up, Sonic, the first trailer came out to a lot of, I, we can it was say, bad. hatred? It was bad. Hatred. I saw it. Like, um, And the the movie it's horrifying. came out and made a lot of money. Yeah. Like, the movie was a huge success. It was one of the few successes of 2020, financially, mm-hmm. at the box office. Yeah. Um, obviously, because COVID shut down, the, shut down the box office. Like, we had three months of movies. And Sonic the Hedgehog made a lot of money. Yeah. It's getting a sequel. Um, and this director, who originally had this kind of turd movie, it looked like it was going to be a turd. It looked like it was going to drop in January or February at the box office. And stink up the place. Yeah. Like. And it didn't. It surprised everyone. And now this director, who a year ago, when that trailer came out, if you had told me he was going to be getting the next big job, I would have been like... I don't know after Sonic, man. Like, that's not going to happen. But because the movie made a crap ton of money, is he? I mean, like, he's going to be riding this movie to the bank now. Sonic is literally, like, setting him up. Yeah. I, it's just a, a bit of a surprise to me. Like, I'm like, maybe all the diehard fans were like, thank you for, like, taking our feedback. We're going to, like, support you with our dollars, which, like, cool. Well, people who saw it apparently thought it was very fun. Like, people are like, oh, this is fun. Like, this is what I wanted from a Sonic movie. Okay. And Jim Carrey's, Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik got a lot of praise for being, like, a really fun, like, child-friendly villain who was also, like, entertaining for adults. Okay. Um, and we haven't seen the movie. I actually want to watch it. Um, but, um, uh, the, the movie, the movie came out to decent reviews. And so, like, it, it made money. People liked it. People in China liked it. Like, it kind of made money worldwide. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to me that he's getting these jobs. It's just, you know, considering where it seemed like that movie was going to lead his career a year ago versus now. Yeah. Like, the, the release of that movie what turned a comeback. around. Yeah, truly. Like... The, the true comeback of 2020. Yeah. Uh, is the, the director movie. of Sonic. Um, so we, we watched the Tom and Jerry trailer on here, right? Um, and we, uh, we're now getting, we got the Sonic movie earlier this year. We're going to be getting this Pink Panther movie. Uh, what do you think about this seeming resurgence of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit style animated characters in the real world? We're also getting Space Jam 2, um, with LeBron James, um, in the Michael Jordan role. Um. Okay. So like, how, how, what, why do you think these like hybrid animation live action movies are suddenly having a resurgence? I, I, I don't know. I, like, I'm confused. Why are you confused? I don't know. It's not, like, my favorite thing. Like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was, like, a fun movie when I was a kid, but, like... It's better as an adult. 
Okay. If you've, if you've only seen Rod, Who Framed Roger Rabbit as a kid and you're like, oh, that was fun, watch it as an adult. It's brilliant. Okay. It is a very adult kids movie. It's just like, what was that movie we saw? It wasn't like animated. It was like people and like puppets. Oh, um, um the Happy Time Murders. Yeah, whatever the heck that was. Like, I just, like, I don't know. I, there's so many, like, weird, awkward, hybrid, like, animation, CGI, slash, like, real people that, like, I... I don't know how I feel about it. It definitely feels like right now there's a lot happening, though. Yeah, I, and I couldn't tell you why. I think that it's a... I just think, like, film, I think entertainment is a cycle. And I think that, like, we're going back through that cycle. And people are like, it's been a long time since these kind of movies happened. Let's make a few of them again and see if we can make some money. Oh, and there was also Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu, that's another one, yeah. yeah. And Detective Pikachu, I really enjoyed. Did it do well? Uh, yeah, it did. It did good. Mm. I mean, it didn't blow the doors off the barn, but it did well. Um, wow, that was a Calgary freaking euphemism if I've ever used one. Um, you know, Detective Pikachu, I had a lot of fun with. I enjoyed the movie. Um, I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, I love Cool World, but for different reasons. That was the Brad Pitt movie I couldn't remember the name of when we were talking about this the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's so bad, but it's so funny. Um, I'm yeah. trying to think what other movies... I, I love Space Jam. I know Space Jam is a terrible movie, but I love it. Um, Lola Bunny was one of my first loves. Um, my first, like, crushes as a child. Um, <laughs> which says a lot about me. Shocking. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting uh, question. Yeah, uh, I, I, here's the thing. I, I, yeah, it's not my favorite, like, type of movie, but maybe they're seeing that they're making money and, like, they're doing well, so they're like, all right, let's, let's try to, like, cash in on this now before people get tired of it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that there's a lot of nostalgia. Like, um, they just put out all the original Looney Tunes cartoons on, um, HBO Max, um, which was, um, a big thing. Uh, people were watching them a lot, so I think maybe, like, maybe there just is nostalgia for this. Like, I, if you had told me before that we saw the trailer that there was a live action Tom and Jerry movie coming out I'd be like why like yeah. who 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 I mean, like still, even remembers Tom and Jerry even after watching the trailer I'm like why but it might also be you know what it might also be they're playing at the idea that like the people who watched those movies like the people who watched Space Jam as a kid right are adults now with kids and would take their children to see the sequel to their childhood movie yeah and so, like, it might literally just be enough time has passed in order for the people who they think would take their own kids to see this movie are the adults and the, the parents now. Yeah. Yeah. That actually, that makes some sense to me. Here's the thing, Spoonie. It's not anything against, like, the Tom and Jerry cartoon. It's that we watched the trailer for this new hybrid Tom and Jerry movie, and it just... I have many questions. I have many. That, that trailer was weird. It was very weird. Uh, yeah. Dill Pickle in the chat says his mom worked for Looney Tunes. That what? is very cool. That is that is. That I'm is a big cool. fan of the Looney Tunes. Also, Dark Dispatch says you don't need to socially distance with an animated character. Uh, depends on how it's filmed. Dark Dispatch. Um, oftentimes if when it's they're like mocap or... yeah, oftentimes there is actually a person there. Um, like for Rocket in um, the Guardians of the Galaxy films, Sean Gunn was on set in the place of Rocket, literally hunched down to like give them something to look at. Yeah. So oftentimes there is actually um, either a person there in like a green suit or and a mask maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, typically it's the, the 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 dots, right? If it's a motion capture. Yeah, but I mean, if if it's just capture. a stand-in, they could be in a mask. Uh, yeah, they could be. Yeah, it it really just depends on how they're filming it. Um, yeah, to do it with know. like nothing there is harder. Although for Tom and Jerry, that's probably how a lot of the uh, mouse stuff was filmed. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. There, there's a lot of ways to do it, but um, the social distancing is an interesting aspect of it, actually. Yeah. I wonder if we'll start CGIing actors close to each other. In the last Fast and the Furious movie, um, uh, maybe not last one, maybe two ones ago, I can't remember, uh, The Rock is in the hospital with a broken arm. I'm not spoiling anything, don't worry about it. Um, and Vin Diesel goes to visit him, but they were so mad at each other at the time that they refused to be in the same room to shoot. And so Vin Diesel's in, the, in a door frame. And the rocks on the bed, and they cut back and forth between the shots of them. But those that scene was not filmed at the same time. They were very separated, and it was edited together later. That is um, wild. Because uh, they 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 are they're they're grown men who deal with their problems like grown men. Clearly, yeah. 
Did I just come for the rock on the morning show? (laughs) Or Vin Diesel, one of the two. Or both. Yeah, I'd say it to his face. I'm like, dude, come on. guys. Really? Really? This is how, this is how we do this? On Instagram? Like, could you imagine, like, that poor director being like, guys, we need this scene. And they're like, no, I'm mad at him. Like, My muscles are bigger than your muscles. Yeah, like, I can't. He got punched in the face twice in that scene, so I need to get punched in the face three times so I look stronger than him. Wow. Wow. I'm, guys, both your dicks are adequate size. Like, Not what I expected you to say there. Oh, God, that's going to live on the internet forever. You're welcome. Um, But, like, really, like, come on. Jeez. I can't imagine being that, like, I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. For the impression. Yeah, I'm going to stop there before I dig myself a hole that... Well, yeah, I'm glad we didn't have a show when all of the reporting around the uh, the numbers game of the Fans and Furious came out, because, gosh, what what would you have said about Vin <laughs> Diesel's penis? Um, <laughs> oh, man. Guys, uh, we only have, like, 50 minutes left. Should we get to our title story? Is it time? Yeah, yeah, we should. Someone put that. Um, all right, y'all. Uh, the title story is, uh, on Wednesday, the Game Awards dropped their big um, nominations list. Uh, mm-hmm. As they do every year around this time, the Game Awards this year are taking place uh, in December, which mm-hmm. is weird to me. Most award seasons are not in the height of when the things are coming out. Yeah, like Oscar season is in February because the movies are coming out in December. Uh, the Emmys are in the summer because the movies, uh, the television shows, come out through the year, uh, throughout the spring and fall. I feel like it's because <clears throat> of Christmas. No. Like, here's Wait, what think, do you mean because it's Christmas? Okay, so, because we were talking about how the, like, game awards work, and I was like, why would they want to give out awards before the end of the year? But then I was like, maybe to give people something to buy as Christmas presents. Here, here's my problem with it, alright? The game awards, <clears throat> the cutoff date for the game awards this year for nominations is November 20th, 2020. Your game has to come out before November 20th, 2020. Uh, Age of Calamity, the Hyrule Warriors game, comes out on November 20th, 2020. So it counts as being eligible for this year's Game Awards. Mm -hmm. But review copies were not sent out a month ago. They were sent out a couple of weeks ago. The date for the ballots for the nominees to be sent in... There are 95 outlets that nominate people for the um, Game Awards, right? Yeah. The ballots have to be in by November 6th and can be corrected up until November 13th. Yeah. In order to, for the nominations. A game like Age of Calamity gets kind of shafted by this situation. Mm-hmm. In which um, Demon Souls also ha- deals with the same problem. Where Demon Souls didn't send out advanced copies. So mm-hmm. they get kind of screwed out of it. And so the year for um, the year for the Game Awards is not January to the end of December. It is November, I think like 12th of last year. Um, to November 20th of this year, which is a weird release window. Yeah, it is. The other problem, right, is like Jedi Fallen Order, the Star Wars game, came out November 15th of 2019. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't in last year's qualifications, it qualifies for this year's Game Awards. But it's been a year, and it's it's very odd, right? Like, the, the fact that it came out on the deadline for last year... I think left it off a lot of lists. Yeah. Demon Souls was left off a lot of lists. A lot of the outlets did not have a copy in time to play Miles Morales, so it got left off a lot of lists. The yeah. same thing happened to Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is a hundred plus hour game that you got days before you had to say whether it was the game of the year or not. Uh, like, how are you supposed to do that? October, November, December is the busiest time for the release of video games in the year. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's the busiest time of the year. It Because of Christmas, we put out the most games. Mm-hmm. The Game Awards should be January 20th. Yeah. The ballot should be due January 15th. Yeah. Or, or the, like the voting should be done January 15th. Because here's, here's what would happen, right? You do not need to convince people to buy video games for Christmas. People are going to buy video games for Christmas. If the Game Awards moved back a month, they would help float video game sales post-Christmas when they slow down. Yeah. Because if the if on January 20th you were like, this was the game of the year in 2020, people would go pick it up. It's what happens yeah. with the Oscars. You win the Academy Award, and then a bunch of people go buy your movie on VOD to watch it. Yeah. It, 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 you do it later, 
Don't put the video game awards in the middle of the season when you're already going to sell the most video games. Yeah. It, it doesn't help anyone. doesn't make sense to me. I don't know who thought that that was a good idea, but I just, like... Uh, and I'm sorry, but, like, Cyberpunk 2077 comes out December 10th, right? Mm -hmm. Cyberpunk 2077 comes out on the day of the 2020 Game Awards. It is a 2020 game, and it is going to be in the 2021 Game Awards yeah. discussion a year from now. I just, it is very odd to me, and the yeah. system that they have doesn't, it, it doesn't help the video game companies sell video games, which is the point, surprise, the point of the award season. It's to sell games. <laughs> is to, the only reason the Oscars exist is to sell more movies. The only reason the Emmys exist is to convince people to watch more television. And the only reason to, the Game Awards exist is to sell more video games. Yeah. I, I know that people are going to be like, no, it's about the clout and like, People care about it. Nobody gives a crap. <laughs> Who won the Game Awards last year? Does anyone know? Does anyone know what the Game of the Year was last year? Or two years ago? No. The, granted, they're not as big an awards show as the, the Oscars. It is literally so that the video game that wins can put a sticker on the cover that says, Game of the Year, buy this. It's to sell stuff. Yeah. Help these companies sell stuff by putting it in a release window where it actually helps them instead of putting it at the time where people are going to buy video games. Yeah. End of January, video game awards. That way, end of January, early February, when video yeah. game sales are slow, boom. Yeah. Sales go up. Yeah, that would make sense to me. I I I feel like they're like shooting themselves in the foot by 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 doing it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I also don't really, like, watch award shows, but I just look at this model, and I'm like, why? Like, yeah. I want to know what they were thinking. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really, a, it's a bizarre, it is a bizarre thing to me that you would put 2020 games in 2021, and 2019 games in 2020, and, That's like... That's so confusing. Just make it January 1st to December 31st. Yeah. Because this happens every year. Every, last year, everyone was like, Jedi Fallen Order got snubbed. It didn't. It wasn't up for nomination. This year, Jedi Fallen Order genuinely got snubbed because everyone forgot about it because it was a year ago and it yeah. wasn't a 2021 or a 2020 game. Yeah. But let's talk about the games that were nominated. Uh, game of the year this year, the nominations were Animal Crossing New Horizons, uh, Doom Eternal, mm -hmm. the Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghosts of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. Any yeah. surprises on that list for you? Surprises? Uh, maybe Animal Crossing? Yeah, Animal Crossing doesn't seem like the kind of um, game that you would typically call Game of the Year. Yeah. Um, but I like I like that they were open to that. I, I think that in the summer, it was the game of the summer. Totally. Um, so I, other than Fall Guys. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, we're seeing some love for Ghost of Tsushima. Miller, of those games, uh, Hero of Wind only played Animal Crossing. Um... Yeah, like, I understand why it's on that list. It's just, that's one to me that doesn't strike me as, like, a game of the year. Just because yeah. of the nature of, like, what kind of game it is. When I think of game of the year, I always think of, like, what game had the best story. To me, just because that's what graphics. matters to me. Yeah. Um, like, Last of Us Part Two, I am not surprised it's on there. But Hades, uh, so so just just quickly, um, the number one nominated game of the year was Last of Us Part Two. I don't think anyone's surprised by that. Number two was Hades. And number three, uh, Last of Us Part Two had ten nominations. Uh, Hades had eight, and Ghost of Tsushima had seven. Mm -hmm. um, I now want to buy Hades really bad. Yeah. Because uh, clearly, people really feel like it. Um, people clearly feel like it was uh, one of the better games of the year, and it's also an independent game. It's an, it's not a AAA. It's made by an independent studio, which I think is really really That's cool. That's really dope. Um, for best performance, we have uh, Ashley Johnson and Laura Bailey, both nominated from Last of Us Part Two. They're Ellie and Abby. Um, uh, we have Daisuke uh, Tsuji, who uh, was the lead performer in Ghost of Tsushima. Mm -hmm. Logan Cunningham, who was the voice actor for in Hades, the yeah. lead. And we have Naji Jeter, who uh, was um, Miles Morales from Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yeah. A game that wasn't nominated for Game of the Year, despite people being like, Miles Morales is dope. Yeah, so Miles Morales is not... Game of the Year and Valhalla nope. is not Game of the Year. No, nope. uh, they're neither Valhalla and Miles Morales are both nominated for um, I think uh, action game. Right. Yes. Yes. Action game. Um. But yeah. No. Not not nominated for best game. Um. Some other interesting things. Um. There's a best ongoing game category for things like Destiny Two, Apex Legends, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. 
which is a, which is really interesting. I didn't know that that was a category. Mm-hmm. We're learning, guys, about the, the awards. Yeah, and there's like there's some other fun stuff in here. Um, Among Us was nominated for best mobile game because it can, it can be nominated for best it independent because be. yeah. it came out in 2018, but the mobile version came out this year. So that's uh, amazing. Among Us was nominated, and uh, Phasmophobia. Uh, which has been obviously huge on Twitch, was mm-hmm. nominated for Best uh, First Entry. So uh, because it was that studio's... There, there's a Category 4 studio's first... First games. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So uh, Phasmophobia was nominated. Wait, but Phasmophobia is not even fully released yet. Uh, no, the Video Game Awards considers any game that was released in any way that the public can consume it to be released. So their early access counts as their release because people can buy it and play it. Okay, Um, And cool. hundreds of thousands of people bought and played that game. Oh, so. Totally. Um, yeah, that best debut game is what that category is called. Um, and in best indie game, the real battle in best indie game, I think, is going to be Fall Guys versus Hades. Yeah. Although it looks like Hades will take that. Yeah, yeah. If Hades doesn't win, like, game of the year, which uh, it, it very well might. I, I haven't played it. I have only seen very, like, sparse gameplay of it. Mm-hmm. It looks interesting. Um, but I have a feeling game of the year will be something like Last of Us. Uh, two other categories I want to talk about. I do want to talk about this best action adventure game category because the best action adventure game category is Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and Last of Us Part Two. And what's noticeable to me is that that sounds more like the game of the year category than the actual game of the year category does. And maybe that is a bias towards the kind of games that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But Jedi Fallen Order, I definitely think deserves to be in there. Um, Last of Us Part 2, I think, definitely deserves to be in there. Ghost of Tsushima, just, I, I haven't played it, but I watched it. Looks like it deserves to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the real question is, is Valhalla with its bugs, should it be? I don't know. That is an interesting conversation. It's fun, but it is kind of broken. Uh, my character cannot go upstairs, for instance. Um, and, you know, should Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is a full game, but also sort of a addition to the original Spider-Man game, is it its own thing enough to be game of the year? Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I think I would have to. I, I think I would have to play it. Yeah. I have only seen a little bit of gameplay because I kind of stayed away from it because of spoilers. Yes. So it's hard for me to actually know. Um, but yeah, perennial. I also picked up. Uh, well, I've had it actually for a while. I have the first Ori, um, and I've played a little bit of it, and it's uh, it's so far it's it's really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Ori's great. Yeah. Um, I will say the only thing Star Wars Squadrons got nominated for was Best VR Game. Hmm. It didn't make any other titles. Well, I mean, and they, like... Like, you like Squadrons, but it's not like... It's not the most amazing thing. But, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm not really surprised. Um, interesting. That. It is an interesting year for the Video Game Awards. Yeah. Um, uh, spoilers kind of for Miles Morales. I'm not going to read that out loud, Shin, just because I don't want to spoil uh, for people yeah. who don't want to know. Um... Perennial Games, I almost cried on stream at the first 15 minutes of Ori the Blind Forest. Very oh, emotional stuff. I did. Oh. I, I got teary. I was like, oh my god. Like, my heart. Like, uh, yeah. Ori, Ori is beautiful. Very interesting. I haven't played it. I've only watched your playthrough, but I must not have watched that part. Yeah, because that's kind of like like the introduction, like, story part of it, mm-hmm. where you kind of learn what's what's going on. Interesting. Um, yeah. And, and then there's gameplay in between it, so that you really feel a part of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, you should I might you have should to check, check that out. out. I'll add it to the list of video games I need to play. Yeah. Yeah. And the character's so cute, too. Anyways. Yeah, it looks like the white dragon from um, How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The white toothless. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, a little bit. From How to Train Your Dragon 3, a great movie, if you've never seen it. Yeah. Uh, The How to Train Your Dragon franchise is wonderful. I love it. (laughs) Um, Although I've never seen the TV shows, but there's like 19 How to Train Your Dragon TV shows. There's like multiples of them. It's very weird. Oh, Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kate Emily 5 says, lol seems like an extensive list. You have no idea. Yeah. The number of video games that we have purchased that we don't, we haven't gotten to yet is insane. I know. I still haven't even played Luigi's Mansion 3. It's just been sitting on my Switch for forever. I'm sorry. I know. I'm very sad about it. Maybe Christmas will take some time off. I mean, we're streaming on Christmas Day. I would, that was a joke. We're spending Christmas right here, doing the morning show, like we always do, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash nerdynightly. Uh, you can also catch me later on today at that same Twitch channel. I'm going to be playing some Assassin's Creed Valhalla, yeah. turning that Viking stuff up to 11. Um, what are you up to this weekend? 
What am I doing? Uh, I'm playing Skyrim tomorrow. Of course, it's Skyrim, Skyrim Saturday. Saturday. Um, and then we have our 420 stream on Sunday. Yes, 420. We are going to be doing edibles, playing some Jackbox, playing some Among Us. It, we're hoping it's going to be funny. Mm -hmm. Or we're going to get super paranoid and it's going to be very weird. Um, <laughs> so join us Sunday. Uh, I think we said 4 p.m. Eastern for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's what we're what we're doing. Uh, and we are also going to uh, have a YouTube video coming up tomorrow. Uh, that's going to be the second in our tabletop tournament series. We played some Ticket to Ride. Uh, if you're a member of the Patreon, that will be going up later today in the Patreon. Just so for you. enjoy that if you're at that five dollar tier and above. And like we always say, uh, patrons, you're the reason we get to do this. So thank you, thank yes. you, thank you. A huge shout out to everyone who joined our Patreon. And uh, helps us keep these two lights on for the morning show. Because otherwise, it's really dark and murky. Go watch the first episodes of this. They're not visually very... <laughs> they're something. They're something. Um, and uh, we're actually going to get brighter lights. Because I want more light. Um, do you have anything else to plug? No. No, right. you, you nailed it. Follow us on social media across the internet. And as we always say, my <laughs> name's David Webb. I'm Arielle Edwards. Do something nerdy tonight. <laughs> Bye-bye.